What the Trump? Yeah, you heard me right. What the Trump? Because our president and our commander in chief, well, he's been so inconsistent, unpredictable, and just downright confusing lately, I kind of doubt that there's anybody out there who could actually make it all make any sense to anyone. And before the 9D chest just blows my mind, I would like to share some of my thoughts. Well, thank you all for joining the podcast. This is Right All Week. I'm your host. My name is Dave. And if you would like to interact with us on any of the usual social media networks, the username is at Right All Week. If you would like to send us an email, the address there is rightallweek at gmail.com. If you're listening on an audio platform and you've got the ability to give us a positive review, then please do that. And on the YouTubes, remember to like, to subscribe, to ring that bell for notifications. I promise we won't bombard your phones or your devices. And of course, everyone everywhere, do please share this material. It helps us. It helps you because everybody gets to see, you know, just that you are a discerning conservative and they'll see that you're sharing uh, some content that actually appeals to some folks. And then, hey, you get to take the credit for that. And we would be super appreciative over here. So please share it all and uh, let's all come together around these ideas. And today we're going to talk about Mr. President, Mr. President Trump, commander in chief. And I want to just address a couple of the issues that we see going on right now, because here we are. It's what, 120 29 days into the 15 days to flatten the curve and we're still debating what is and isn't real in the world of Coronaville and that's one of the places that I want to address is the fact that I feel like we have a one president who is Mr. President Trump in Coronaville and then there's a different president who is the president of all the other things that we're seeing going on right now with respect to culture with respect to the to the news and the political debates, and specifically with respect to the fact that there's disruption in our society. So let's go with uh, the first of these two possible presidents. Let's talk about President Coronaville. President Trump and Coronaville has, really, he's clinging to the idea. And, and I have to admit that initially, I thought that it was good to go there, this idea, yes, I saved so many lives. We did the lockdown. And now because of that, look at how good we've done and how much we are just one of the best presidencies ever because of all the success that we had in facing down coronavirus, COVID-19, SARS-2, whatever you want to call it. It's the same thing. And he's been combating the messaging regarding this thing for months now. And it seems like as long as he wants to cling to the idea that it's a dangerous virus so that he can give himself a pat on the back for saving us from it, it actually prohibits him from going on the offensive to the fact that there is a great deceptive campaign, a strategy of, of deceit, trying to trick the public, trying to force the populace into manipulation, but this message of lies to put everybody in fear. And that's the reason there's so much tyranny going on across the nation. And so as long as he he wants to sit back and claim that success, uh, specifically the idea that we saved a huge number of lives because the disease is that, that great and dangerous. As long as we stay on that, we can't move on to the next thing. And I think there's some middle ground here that could be taken rather than a giving up the premise that the COVID-19, which actually has, depending on your age range, a 99.9998, or if you're a child, 99.99996 survival rate. The idea that we could say that this is something that's dangerous and we need to continue to protect the public. We need to continue to pay whatever price with 40 million unemployed and a third of all businesses closing forever. Things like this 
It's not worth it, and he needs to come back from that. But you could still claim successes because you know what? We actually never had any of our hospitals overrun. There was never a city that was un underprepared, that was under-equipped, that couldn't handle what they were being, being given. Because yes, we used surge tents. Yes, we brought in uh, naval you know, ships and things. There was always a solution. And now we've got ventilator, ventilator, ventilator. How many times did he say ventilator in the press briefing earlier this week? Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. We even brought back the press briefings because that in and of itself feels like it's a capitulation to the coronavirus, uh, the whole lie, the whole campaign. We're just giving him in to that, that premise that there's something worth talking about there. But yes, we had the, our briefings. And so ventilator, ventilator, ventilator later. I still haven't said it as much as he had, even with all of the, the teasing just then. And But we were so successful in that regard. So that could be one of his things. Just keep claiming the success. We were never overrun. We were never ill-prepared. We always had every place that had everything that they needed to confront this thing, including ventilators. And we are now, yay, look at us, still winning. It's a winning presidency because we confronted this thing. And yes, moving on to the next thing. I like the fact that, yes, he came back and said we need to fight for the schools. And it seems like a really weird thing for those of us who are on the conservative side of the situation to look at this and go, I don't like what the schools have been teaching for years. And uh, now we're going to say, well, we have to fight for the schools to be reopened. So it feels like you're kind of working against ourselves. But at the same time, politically speaking, it is a battleground that he needs to win. So I like the fact that he's going back after it and the way that he's doing it, though. How are we doing it? Well, we're trying to give guidance. We're going to bring in all these solutions so that people can actually go back to school in spite of the coronavirus. Okay, see? So now here we are again admitting that it's dangerous. Now, that's a little bit closer talking about how much better how children's lives, how much safer it is for them, and comparing that to the risks, all the things that they face so they don't get things like education, also very important. So there's some good messaging there, but there's still something of a capitulation, something of an accepting of the premise of the dangerousness of COVID-19, when in fact, now that we know, the science is available to us worldwide. And again, the United States is unique in this regard. We are uniquely still treating it like it actually is, and at epidemic when in fact even according to the CDC's own standards of what constitutes an epidemic, we do not even meet our own definition, but we're still acting like it is. And every time he goes out there and tries to talk about what we need to do in order to deal with it, and he goes out there and tweets of, uh, his picture with a mask on, and he talks about, oh yeah, well I don't get into it, but I still think it's a good idea, and masks really aren't scientific, but it's patriotic to wear it. No, these things do not help you, but that's where he's going, and he's giving up too much political power, too much interest of the public people, he's giving it to the other side, to the leftists. They're winning this argument every time he goes out there and says something like that. So no, that's not a good idea. And that's President Trump number one. President Trump number two, outside Coronaville, the rest of it. What are we seeing now? Well, we've actually had in this nation a violent issue of violent riots, violent protests, straight up terrorism happening in our cities for several weeks. All right. And Portland specifically, I think today would be day 56, 55 days yesterday where it has been so violent over there, the police have been completely overrun. They've retreated into their buildings. But and at the same time, we had the flip-flopper mayor over there who originally said, oh, we definitely want help. And no, actually, we don't want help. And now there's video out there where he actually tried to go out there and appeal to the people who are actually doing the protesting, protesting in air quotes. And they actually, just like the guy out there in Minnesota, right? Oh, we don't, we, how much 
we love this guy? Actually, we don't. And it's curse you, forget you, get rid of you. We want you gone. So they actually don't care for this guy. They don't respect him. And as much as the mayor tried to capitulate to them and appeal to them by agreeing with them and his alliance against Trump, it didn't work in his favor. So no. And of course, it never does because these people are not like you think that they would be. These people actually are. They're driven by a stuff that I've already previously referenced, okay? It really isn't that big of a racism argument. And if you want to see the racism argument, then of course, please go check out my video on racism. And it's, uh, but it's actually more about the lawlessness that they want. There's a lawless pursuit that they have and they're fighting against government for that reason. Did a video on that one as well. Please go check that one out also. But this is what they're really facing, which is why he can't just go out there and make peace with them or align with them or say as he's flip-flopped and expected they're going to get some sort of, they're going to give him appreciation because now he doesn't want the federal police there. And now, well, thank goodness that Trump has campaigned for law and order. It started off with a dozen tweets just the words law and order, like that was going to magically manifest, like the, you know, one of the, that meme magic online was somehow going to produce law and order in our cities. Thank goodness he's finally starting to actually step out there and act on it. Now, me personally, if you follow me on my social media, then you know that I've already talked about if there was a too strong a response from President Trump in the beginning, when these things first started happening, then of course, they're going to, they were always going to do what he's doing now. They were always going to say, well, Trump is Hitler. He's a dictator. He's a tyrannical because he's the one coming in and now he's using the force of the military uh, to confront these issues. And so now violence is meeting violence and that's why he's Hitler. And I pre predicted that way back in maybe the last days of May or the early days of June. And that's one of the issues that he was facing. Of course, the other position was if he didn't do anything, if he just stood back and he just let the cities be overrun by the crazies on the left, then he's going to be more comparable to... Uh, President Jimmy, you know, say, all right, well, here's the situation here. He's just, he just stands back. He just lets it happen. He doesn't actually have the intestinal fortitude to go out there and actually deal with this stuff. So no, we don't want that. And I suggested a long time ago, it's not something that you would actually be able to sit there and figure out the, the perfect equation, find out, well, what's the right day? When should we actually take action and say, well, okay, maybe there's a balance to be had because I know some people were arguing that it's good for the left to just go crazy in these towns and for everybody to see what they've got. And the president has tried to use that messaging some. He's in fact, he's making campaign ad videos. It's hard for you to go on YouTube and not see an ad from the President Trump election campaign saying, look at Joe Biden's America with all of the lawlessness, the defund the police, and you're not gonna get help for days. And so that was some of the messaging that I was using. And that might be effective on a few people, but overall, I actually personally, I feel like I have to agree with people who have criticized those videos and say, here's the problem with those videos. Joe Biden is not the president right now. All right, the president is still President Donald Trump. He's the one in charge right now, and the video footage that we're watching is things that are happening in President Trump's America. So it actually hurts him for people who have eyes to see when he goes out there and tries to paint these things. So that strategy, actually not a good idea. Also because there are innocent people who live in these cities who want help. And I'm grateful that we're actually going to see some of that happening now, because if you just abandon these people to watch the crazies take over their town, what reason do they have to turn around and vote for somebody who never helped them? But now, here we are. It's been a long time. 
55 days in Portland, Oregon of constant violence. It's not the only city though. We've seen a lot of trouble in Chicago and I personally haven't checked the stats, but I would not be surprised if this was true, if there were actually more gun deaths in the city of Chicago than COVID-19 deaths in the, uh, in the city of Chicago as of today. Maybe we should check that out and confirm whether or not it's true, but I know that there have been over 2,000 gun deaths in the city of Chicago just that one city alone because of the level of violence there. Meanwhile, the mayor's like, no, it's okay. I actually don't want your tyrannical, your help over here, but, but you know who does? The people who actually live there, the people on the ground floor, the people who are amongst the city, who are on the streets, who are watching it happen, who have to live with these experiences, who are watching children die on the sidewalk, they actually say, yes, we like this idea. So it's good for the president to do this stuff now. But I wonder, honestly, how long is too long to wait? Maybe it's been too long. And now we're doing it in Chicago, we're doing it in Portland, we're gonna do it in Kansas City, we're gonna do it in Albuquerque. There's four cities where we're starting to do this now, but that's not like there's the only places that there are troubles. There are troubles all over, and we tweeted Law & Order 12 times before we actually took much action. And I feel like, and this is now, I'm gonna go big picture now, because whether or not you're Trump and Coronaville or Trump and Violenceville, it seems like we're basically okay with the stereotypical GOP message of, well, at least I'm not that guy. The reason that you have to vote for me is because look at how bad it would be if you don't. So the lesser of two evils kind of an argument, but here's the thing, he doesn't have to be that guy. We know that he actually doesn't have to be that guy because we have seen President Trump before he was President Trump, Show us who he could actually be. Where's the guy who just demolished Jeb Bush to the point where now Jeb Bush is, is just more of a joke than he is actually a reference to any popular politician? Because nobody has any respect for Jeb anymore. And that has a lot to do with the way that President Trump, before he was president, when he was campaign runner, when he was just a candidate, when he was going after him, he just demolished that guy and embarrassed him. And you know what? He actually did it to a couple of respectable people too. Yeah, Rubio's got his, has some stains on his record, but he actually has a lot of things right. But Rubio didn't stand a chance, thanks to Mr. Trump and what he did to him during the campaign days. And you know what? He also took down Mr. Cruz, Ted Cruz, who actually, to a lot of conservatives, is one of the best representatives that we have. But Trump shamelessly embarrassed Cruz because of some, you know, find some things, find some stuff on the record, and be willing to just go out there and push hard and find the winning arguments, his things that actually help him and it's to to prop him up, I'm talking about candidate Trump again, the ways that we just helped to, look, I'm the outsider, I'm the voice you need, I'm the strong one, I'm the fighter, and I'm wondering where is this man today? Because I don't wanna just go in there and hold my nose and pinch, uh, you know, select, pull the lever and say, well, at least he's not the other guy. We need the fighter back. We need the guy who's actually going to help us to realize the differences. All right, if you know what sets you apart from the other guy, if you actually stand apart and you look different from the other guy, and that doesn't help when you go out there and do things like, I think we're gonna go for the mask. How does the mask help you? It had like a 70 points approval rating. Okay, that's great. You know what most of that 70 points approval rating is? It's the left, it's the status, it's the progressives, the Democrats, everybody who's going to vote for Biden, even if they have to wheel that man up on stage and have somebody's talk for him like he's a puppet, at the end of the day, they're still gonna vote for that guy because he's not orange man bad, he's the alternative, and that's a huge chunk of that 70. 
40%, maybe 45% of the nation just automatically on that side of the voting block and you're not going to get them. You know who's on the 30? The 30 that's not the 70. Do you know who makes up that group? Yeah, everybody who's not going to vote for Biden. I would dare say you probably can't find anybody in that 30% who's actually like, I just can't wait to vote for Democrats this the, in the fall this year because, oh man, they're just doing such a good job of representing me right now with all the tyrannical policies and all the failed policies that have turned so many cities into just violent hell holes. That's the problem that I don't think anybody's considering right now. The difference between the two people. He had 30 for sure who would have voted for him if he couldn't made sure that he stood apart from the other guy. So who are we actually going to win over here? Well, maybe there's like 10% or 15% who were definitely going to vote for him, who already said, you know what, masks, they're not bad. I'm cool with that or whatever. He's going for this, the stereotypical GOP advice. You got to go get the moderates. You got to go get the independents. Let me just be honest with you guys. I don't actually have a poli-sci degree. I never went to an indoctrination institute, okay? I'm just your average guy recovering from a brain injury, trying to figure this stuff out. And it just makes sense to me that you wouldn't copy your enemy if your hope is to defeat your enemy. And the same thing is true on the other side? Why are we fighting harder to restore peace and order? Why is Antifa still out there causing problems? We already said they're a domestic terrorist group, and you know what? They're actually proving it. Chicago police released videos that show us just how strategically coordinated these people are when they attack the police, when they go after the buildings, when they go after the statues. They have plans. I mean, legitimate plans, strategies, coordinated efforts, and they know what they're doing when they get out there. These things don't just happen. So why aren't we going after the domestic terrorists? We said that they were. Why don't we do something about that rather than just tweeting and begging cities and talking to mayors? And now we've only got four cities so far where we've actually done anything. Again, if he sets himself apart, he stands up and he shows us that he is the fighter that we thought that he was years ago and helps himself in so many ways. You're not going to win the middle ground by looking at the other guy. They've already got the other guy. And in the meantime, the left is trying to do everything that they can to to establish their progressive socialist utopia as a separate reality from the one that we're currently living in. Erasing history. It's 1984 for real because we're rewriting all of the books and we're rewriting the history and we're changing the language. They are doing all of that for real. So no, don't give them any acknowledgement of any of their premises. Stand apart. Be different. Go back to being the fighter that we originally elected a long, long time ago. This is what I think we need to see. I think a lot of people would really resonate with this message. All right. And I think it was important for us, the anybody that's on the ground here, if we remember, as I'm famous or trying to get famous for saying, the idea who's really in charge here, the sovereignty of the people. We need to reestablish the sovereignty of the people. And Mr. Trump, President Trump needs a wake up call from the people who he's trying to win say, you're actually not winning that way. And I won't be surprised personally if November gets here and he does it. But that's not what I want because I am like everybody else who says I'm looking at the left and I'm looking at everything that they're doing and the ways in which it's all lies. There's so many lies that they believe and there's so many truths that they reject. And I don't want those guys to win. But at the same time, I just don't see how you can win by agreeing with anything that the liars say. And that's the, the message that I have for you guys today. I thank you for watching this video. I hope that you will share it. And I hope that you will come back and watch more videos right here at Right All Week, where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <laughs>